Hey everyone, welcome to the Friday Live QA number 51. And before we get started, we're going to say hello to all the friends that make this happen. Of course, you guys know the original crew, uh, which is uh, Bradulist, Jeff Howes, Zachary Rowe, Michael Newman, uh, Bruce Garris, Hannah Gunson, John Jex, Michael Shy, Justin Maybe, David Madison, Lawrence Petros from LPD Pedals, of course. And of course, the new crew, which is uh, Bob Pickwood, Tim, John Levitt, uh, Space Jazz, Alvaro, and Luis from Pedal Pal Effects. And thank you guys again for joining us yesterday on the live hangout for a patron. Uh, Ricky Robinson, Gary Marshall, Chuck Keane, Chris Glaze, Dylan87, Jonathan Pickerin, Joe Watson, Brent Odell, and uh, Russ from Taurus Pedals. And I just got a new Taurus Pedal, so maybe we'll talk about that or we'll talk about it in review next week. Either way, I want to thank everybody for. Uh, hanging out today and uh hey how's it going let's see what everybody's saying out there uh, everybody have a great week of course i recovered from nam i didn't get sick knock on wood and uh, uh everything seems fine and i uh, had a good time a little rested up uh, monday was a little bit of a needed some sleep uh chris is saying hi from list uh, newfoundland hello um Okay, so let's start. We'll go right to questions because the first question is great. Michael uh, Mick, MC. You're missing the rest of the name. Maybe it's just MC. I'm MC Knight, McKnight, so you're MC. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Framus Standard line? Uh, where are they made? They're made in China, and my thoughts are I like them because I bought one. Uh, and maybe it's a funny story, so I'll share it with you. <laughs> so here's what happened. So when I was at the NAMM show, I uh, had been talking to Framus uh, many times at GitCon about the new Chinese line and all the struggles they've had with making the line the right way. They really want to make them um, affordable, but they really want them to be um, really good, specked out like the the big brothers and sisters, so to speak. So, um, but on a personal note, I had a discussion with Phil X when we were having breakfast one day at GitCon, and he was asking me some questions about what I thought. He knew I kind of, you know, he was nice enough to say, hey, look, I know you know some stuff about these kind of guitars. What do you what do you think? And I was telling him, you know, these are the pitfalls I think that that might happen. So when I got to the NAMM show and I finally got to the Framus booth, I picked up the imports and I really liked the Panthera one. And I was like, I'm going to get this. And then I looked down and there's the Phil X guitar. And I go, I grab it and I'm like, and I grab the neck and the neck is exactly like the expensive model. And then on the corner of my eye, I see a Phil X walking around and I look at him and I go, dude, they got the neck right. And he's like, I know, right? And I go, the neck is, is perfect. So the guitar was light. It was great. And here's my funny story. So I decided I wanted it. I go, I got to have this guitar. So I went and found somebody at Framus. And I said, hey, uh, I, I, I talked to, over and I said, hey, I need this guitar. And they said, well, you got to talk to the boss. So um, it's a long story, but basically they're like, we can't sell you the guitar because even though these are the prototype models uh, and the new ones will be out in a few months, these were sold to a store or to somebody in the U.S. So I said, well, tell them I want that. I want it. Um, so the reason the story is funny is they finally got a hold of somebody and said, yes, they'll sell it to you. I said, great. And I said, I want to take it with me <laughs> at the end of the show. And they said, okay. And then the next day they said, well, we can't, we can't take it. You can't take it with you. We got to ship it to you. It's just how the man policy is. So I said, well, I want to make sure it's this guitar. Cause I'm in love with this guitar. So I had Phil sign it. So if you guys have seen some videos with Phil X and he's got the white Phil X model guitar and it's got a signature on it and he says, oh, it's signed, but it's purchased. It was me. I bought it. So it should be here in a week or two, I should think. So 
that's that's how much I like that guitar. Uh, so uh, I I had to have it. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna mess with it when I get it a little bit. There's some things I want to add to it. Uh, Habs two forty seven did a super chat and he says, "Hey, you think you think Yellow Springs stainless steel Floyd Rose titanium inserts brass claw and uh, noiseless springs thirty seven millimeter brass block." Off FU tone plus setup will keep Jackson JS 32Q in tune and allow me to pull up and down freely. Um, yeah, so what he's saying is basically he's got the import version, the Jackson JS uh, 32Q. Uh, I'm assuming Q stands for like quilted maple top, right? I'm gonna guess. And um, uh, and I'm not totally familiar, but I'm gonna say the JS32. I want to say well, three we usually implies three pickups, but I'm going off memory. I'm, I could be wrong, but I know the cue's got to be for cool to top. Anyways, yeah, if you upgrade uh, the, uh, I don't necessarily think you need all of that, but yes, if you do that, the guitar will stay in tune. The bridge will uh, be able to to stay on its fulcrum edge uh, better, and it will uh, it'll stay in tune. It will it'll be great. Um, just do yourself a huge favor keep the original Jackson bridge. Uh, so if you ever sell that guitar, that, that all that stuff you bought will go into the new guitar. And that's the best purchase ever is that you, you know, you buy that stuff and it's pretty much forever. As long as you're still going to want to play guitars with Floyd's in them, that stuff will transition to the next guitar and the next guitar. I think I say go for it, but like I said, do not throw the original parts away. Um, have them in case you ever want to put the guitar back and upgrade a next guitar. There you go. Thanks for the question. The next question is another super chat. And it's from Ian. And Ian says, hey, Phil, it was great meeting you at NAMM. Uh, oh, thanks. Uh, it was nice meeting you too, Ian. Uh, did you get a chance to see the new Rat Distortion guitar cable? Uh, thought the idea was cool, but ultimately a little goofy. Thoughts? Uh, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> thought it was goofy and cool. And, you know, it's it's one of those things that kind of has a, a late night infomercial vibe to it. <laughs> Do you have problems with getting distortion, but don't have to room for a distortion box on your pedal? Well, how about put it in the cable? Um, to, to me, it's it's more of a, when I see stuff like that, I'll tell you, uh, it's not about what I think of the actual product. It's what I think of the concept of doing things that way. The idea of maybe looking at cables as being more than just a, a cable is always an interesting idea to me because... I think there's a lot of things you can do with those. Um, and to be honest with you, it can't get the total goofy award because the guys, uh, Mick and Dan from that pedal show posted that on their Instagram, the picture of the guitar cables that were the scratch and sniff cables. I don't know if you guys saw that, but that's not a joke. There was cables there that was like, one smells like lime, one smells like chocolate, you know, <laughs> there's, there's no beating that idea. <laughs> For, for Goofy Award. But yeah, so uh, I don't foresee me getting a Rat Distortion guitar cable. The only thing I didn't know was the price. Does anyone know what it priced out at? Um, that would be the thing too. Impulse Buy, if it was about the si same price as a cable or maybe a little bit more, it might be fun, but I got a feeling it's probably not cheap. Um, Thomas K says, is there a brand you can recommend for speaker cabinets? Um, there's a ton of great speaker cabinets out there uh, that are great uh, value. I think the Ignator cabinets are really great for value price, especially used uh, for cabinets. Mostly, I, I'm really into the speakers, not so much the cabinets. So I use a lot of Marshall cabinets because they hold value really well. They look cool. It uh, doesn't look strange with different brands on top of Marshalls. It's kind of Marshalls the go-to cabinet for a lot of stuff. Mesa Boogie makes great cabinets. I have not ever put my hands on one or heard one, but I heard the Harley Benton cabinets are pretty good, especially since they're really inexpensive. Um, so something like that to check out as well. And then JT just wanted a super chat $5, man. Thanks JT. I appreciate that. Um, they, uh, and how are you doing? I haven't seen you in a while. 
I just here. So let's see. Um, let's do. Okay, nice guy Eddie says, "Was Aria Pro at Nam?" I didn't see Aria Pro, but there was Aria Acoustics, which is the same company, and so they somehow rebranded Acoustic Line. Um, I saw. So I don't know if Aria Pro literally did a uh, their own. Uh, the, the the Nam show is disheveled everywhere this year, and they added a built an entire new building from last year. And um and I the uh, the video I did the official how do you say guitar video uh, company video no matter how it looks uh, took three almost three full days and uh, hours and hours each day of filming because it was really hard to convey to companies believe it or not it was hard to get companies to want to do the video they didn't understand what it was they didn't understand why I was asking them a question um, they didn't understand why they have to say their name so we had to we had to find somebody at the booth explain it to somebody then have them find somebody that was officially associated with a company in a stature that would be okay with going on the record because that's what all those companies those people are officially on the record saying that's the official name it's not just that we walked around and asked anybody i mean everybody was either the product manager the general manager the owner the president i mean it's or a spokesperson of some court some kind or somebody that the company said was okay to say the name officially that way so that video took way more time than i ever predicted um to do in fact every day some of my other fellow youtubers were busting my chops every day like <laughs> that video is just there everybody basically said i don't know if it's gonna be worth it because <laughs> it was just taking way too much time so um and then real quick i have a question from okay so nathan asked a question if you guys don't know nathan nathan's a buddy of mine he helped me with the show what was the most unexpected thing you saw at the nam good or bad you know, uh, the most unexpected thing I saw at the NAM was Marshall actually putting out a line of products that they should have put out, you know, a couple years ago. I, I don't want to complain. I'm just really happy they did it. I thought the DSL line was a smart move. Uh, I was explaining to the patron hangout yesterday. I do the patron hangout every on the first month. Yesterday we had nine and a half hours straight. So thank you guys for hanging for that nine and a half hour hangout. That's a long time to talk guitar shop, shop but we did it. Um, and, um, the whether you realize or not all the new dsl stuff they aligned it to black star so they have ht1 black star for 299 now you have a dsl1 for 299 ht black star for a 20 watt head for 499 now there's a 20 watt marshall head for 49 both having reverb so really marshall really came at it perfectly i think they said hey look black star's got going you know, to corner the market of these small tube amps now there's a marshall version of every kind of black star you can think of in the same price point category and then if that wasn't a good move which i thought it was they added that they uh the second line which which is the more vintage line, which will come out soon too as well. And the other kudos is those Marshall amps are out right now. Uh, it's not a, you know, typical NAM. It'll be out in six months. It's there now. So they're on Sweetwater. I've been thinking about getting the one watt. So, you know, uh, and the, it's either the one watt or the 20 watt. I haven't decided. It's been driving me crazy for the last couple of days. So, uh, so that was the most unexpected because every year I go to uh, Marshall's booth and every year I expect to not see anything, you know, cause they just haven't been really bringing it. And, I, and I, I thought this was the most exciting thing since they did the silver Jubilee, if not more. Oh, it's definitely more exciting than that. So, um, Damon wants to know, what were my thoughts on all the roasted maple necks at NAMM? Well, I'm for them. I mean, obviously, roasted maple necks, there's a lot of great things, right? You're not going to have a neck, a roasted maple neck uh, fretboard shrink and the frets stick out. You know, it's it's part of the part of the charm of that guitar. Uh, they play great. Those new AZ series Ibanezes were fantastic. Um, I had a good time checking them out. 
and uh, they were great. They're 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 not they're not inexpensive by far, but they're not ridiculously priced either. And everybody's going to have a different opinion about that. But in my honest opinion, they're priced at where they probably need to be. You know what I mean for what they are. Um, they know they're competing against Sir guitars and, um, you know, and that's what it is. And, and to me, I know that Ibanez ones are Japanese, but to me, it's like Gretsch being made in Japan at the same price point as the American made Gibson hollow bodies. That's just like price product lines, which is the, the Japanese American lineup. So to have Ibanez sitting slightly under where the Sir guitars are, or even considerably under considering for the price point, uh, you can't, you can't go wrong. So really cool. Um, XLR8, XLR8 Wales uh, did a two euro super chat. And he says, Phil, being a Patreon, how do I get to chat invite? Okay. So on the Patreon thing uh, is if you do the, 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 if you sponsor the live show for everyone, which is the, the, there's the live show sponsors on Patreon. I do a live hangout with everyone. It's not like this where I'm talking and you guys are out there. It's, we're all face to face. It's a, it's a literally a hangout. I do it on the first of the month and I usually go on about three in the afternoon and we go until almost midnight or last night, almost till one o'clock in the morning. And you can jump in for an hour or 10 minutes. You can stay the whole time. It's just a way to hang out uh, and get ideas. Some of the patrons yesterday gave me some amazing ideas. There's some stuff coming that I think everybody's going to be super excited about. Uh, a, a way to maybe help all of us uh, build this community and interact even better. Um, I just, I, but it's too soon to talk about, even though I saw, you know, um, Cheddar Kung Kapow kind of sent it to me today and I looked at it. So it looks cool, but that's too soon. So we'll talk about it probably hopefully next week. Um, next question is. All right. John has a question. It says, thanks for the contact, Phil. Uh, so, so my question is, what delay would you recommend for under $75 or so? I really appreciate your work. Thank you. Uh, so under $75, I'm trying to think. I'll just tell you the delays I have. I have the Reach Delay by More pedals. I have, uh, which I like, I have, um, obviously the, you know, I know this is not fair, but I'm just going to tell you, I like the DD three by boss. I have one. I paid 60 bucks for it used. So I know that's not new under $75, but you can find one for under $75. That's a great one. And the Richo I think is basically a clone of that pedal as well. Those are two delays I like for under $75. Um, I, uh, there's a, there's a, uh, review I did of a delay on, on my channel and that delay was like $40 and you find that on Amazon. It's the Coco, not the Coca Pelli, but the Coco. Um, and that was a really good one. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I haven't checked, but the, I think TC electronics has one of their affordable delays under $75. And if I recall playing that, I really enjoyed that as well. So those are a bunch of delays under $75. And of course, never forget use pedals. You can always find a deal. So uh the scots the scottish that scottish dude that scottish dude says what do you think of uh, uh fret king guitars i i absolutely love them i tried to buy one at summer Nam. i was there at their booth i had a great uh i thought a great time there i told them flat out two guitars i just want to buy these two guitars and i said you know whatever it takes and they said hey we'll give you a deal they'll sell them to me for dealer costs and i said that's even better uh i want them and they said, oh, great, we'll contact you. And then I never heard from them, so I never bought the guitars. Um, and I thought about trying to follow up, but they really, it, it was really, a, they didn't give me their number. I They just took mine, so I didn't have a way to get a hold of anybody. So uh, so the answer to your question is, I really like uh, 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 Trey Wilkinson's the one who designed that uh, for the Fret King guitars. Love him, love his products, love those guitars. They're made in Korea. They're really good. Um, still think about them, actually, those two guitars. Um 
And to be honest, if they wouldn't have said anything to me, like, hey, we'll give you a dealer cost or something, I probably would have just went home and bought them online. But then after a while, you know, you can imagine, I don't think anybody's going to be much different than me. When you're looking online and paying full retail and realizing that somebody was offering you a deal, you're like, I kind of don't want to mess the deal. You know what I mean? So I waited them out and it's been six and a half months. So I'm going to think mm, they're not calling me. So we'll see. Mikey Newman says, Fret King are arranged from GHS. Oh, it's like a, it's like a Fret King is a pedal line. I, I, is that the new pedal line that came out? The one that has like the, the Cougar on it and all this other stuff. So I'm not sure. I didn't check it out. I didn't spend a whole lot of time at the NAMM show checking out pedals. So there was probably a thousand new pedals um, with no underestimation of that at all. And so, you know, and there's there was the most amount of amps and guitars I've ever seen released ever. It's one of the best NAMMs I've seen in a decade in, in the vibe. And it was really interesting because two things. One, there was a, an, an, a lot of absenteeism. In other words, there's a lot of companies who weren't there. Probably more companies not there than I've ever seen and since I've been going to the NAMM, this is my 14th NAMM. Um, but there was more product release than I've ever seen. So, uh, so let's see. Hilly Trump says, how many guitars have I broken? Um, like on purpose? Uh, I don't think I've ever broken a, well, I think I had a bass 20 years ago that broke, but that's about it. I mean, it's really hard to break a guitar. Let's see. All right, it says, I have no idea. Sorry, guys, you guys, I'm looking for a question, but you guys were chatting back and forth, which is awesome. I just got a little sidetracked reading it. Phil says, Phil, how many guitars have you dropped? I've never dropped a guitar. Is that a thing? Do people drop guitars? I don't think it's hard to like hold on to them. Uh, I've seen people like drop their guitars that comes off a strap or something like that, but I've never really dropped a guitar. Okay, David M says, hey, Phil, thoughts on the new MXR Custom Audio MC402 Boost Overdrive Pedal versus the TS9 Tube Screener using a Marshall Sil Silver Jubilee. Um, I haven't tried the MXR Custom Audio uh, MC402 bo Boost. Wait a minute. You're saying, you're saying the Custom Audio one, right? Hold on a second. Let me scan. Because... I don't know what I never noticed if it said 402. Are we talking about this pedal? <laughs> um, because this is the custom audio one. I just always call it the boost line driver. Is there different? Is the MC402 boost overdrive? It's got to be different than this. This is the only one I have. So, in your question, which I don't think this is the one you're talking about, I think you're talking about a newer one I haven't seen uh, at the show yet. Um, I liked uh, I like the TS9 over this. So, I, I the other one I really can't attest to. I don't know. But the, to me, the tube screamer and a Marshall is it's peanut butter and and, uh, and chocolate, man. It's like uh, or peanut butter and jelly, I guess. I don't know. Either way, it's a good combination. Uh, Hosa saying, "Hey, Hosa, Hosa Technology says I think the Nam floor redesign really helped uh, with the vibe. I agree. More people in a, uh, appropriate places instead of the scattered and weird areas. I agree. The vibe of the Nam show was absolutely the best. Um, hold on a second. Uh, okay. And, um, that's, I think I agree. I heard a lot of vendors. One thing I loved about this NAM show was there was two kinds of vendors. 
this year. There were ones that were doing really well, which was great to hear. And there were ones that were like, they're not doing that great, but they were very optimistic about what was happening. And that's much different than the last few years where it was kind of like, oh, you know, kind of drony and rundown. It was very exciting. It was a, it was a very up show for sure. And yes, uh, I agree with Hosa. I think the layout helped with that. It kind of slowed me down because I got a little lost of where I was going all the time because I wasn't so, you know, that when you get used to a layup. I really think I was telling everybody they should probably do that every couple years, move everything around because uh, it made me find new stuff. Uh, Johnny wants to know if Sharpen My Axe is coming back. Yeah, it's not only coming back, but believe it or not, it's, uh, a very uh, important company uh, reached out to me on the way to Nam, and that was Stu Mac. And Stu Mac asked me if I would meet them and have a coffee outside of the show. And we sat and had a coffee. And uh, they said, uh, we watched some of your Sharpen My Axe videos. And they said they loved them, which was very flattering. And thank those guys, everybody at Stu Mac for saying that. And they said, uh, we're, we're here to help. We want to help this continue and anything we can do to help your channel. We would like to do that and uh, anything, you know, and so they are, uh, that is, uh, basically that's, we already, I already decided, like I told everybody, we're going to do 10 more sharp my axes, but this, uh, this is going to help because not because they're going to give me free parts or our, our tools to help do the videos, but they have a larger resource to help from. I can actually pull in some other expert luthiers to do some crazier things. Uh, maybe is what we're hoping to do. So big announcements coming. I'm going to be talking to them next week. Obviously the week after Nam, everybody needs to rest <laughs> so this week. A lot of business didn't happen. Uh, so that everybody can restart for next week. So exciting news on that. I th it's definitely going to continue and it's going to be bigger than before. And believe it or not, that was the most, I never, I never expected that more companies came to me at the NAMM show about sharp my ax than anything I've ever done before and said, Hey, what, what do you want some help? What can we do? We have a shop or, Hey, what, you know, what can we do to help do this? We think it's fun to take somebody's guitar and, and just kind of, you know, fix it up a little bit or have some fun with it. And so, yeah, definitely that's continuing on. Um, what's going to happen is, uh, the plan is to try to make it a weekly thing and, uh, and start them, um, in March. So I might take February off cause we're actually be recording them in February. So that when you can get, once they kick, they'll happen every Wednesday for, for 10 weeks in a row. And then, and then we'll reassess that 10 weeks. Um, uh, Zeline, I don't know. I'm going to say Zeline. I don't know why I can't say it. Uh, Zeline says, Hey Phil, what do you think of the Chapman British standards too soon or just in time? Really enjoy your insight. Um, you know what I love about them? I'll tell you what I love. I love the idea. Again, there's more of the excitement thing. It's like, look, man, they did Chapman guitars made in Korea. We know those are good because Korean guitars make good guitars. Then it's like, we're going to make Indonesian guitars more affordable. That's always the step of every company. You make the step down, right? To see a company do reverse role. It's very rare. Do you see, in fact, I can, I don't even think I can think of any, if not any, where a company says, we're going to make affordable guitars. Then we're going to make lower price guitars. Then we're going to do high-end guitars on top of that. Usually it's high-end guitars and they make affordable, like the PRS model, right? They make PRSs and they make SEs and they make SE standards. You know, it's like Fender and everybody else in Gibson. Usually it's a step-down process, not a step-middle, step-down, step-up. So those guys constantly are going to, I think, shock us <laughs> with the thinking outside of the industry norms. I mean, obviously, I, we've talked about this before. The Chapman business model is... Um, 
not a normal uh, guitar business model. Everybody kind of realizes that. Some people like it. Some people don't like it. Whether you th you're for it or against that business model doesn't matter. It was a unique idea to do it the way they did it. And I don't just mean like, you know, getting uh, input to make the guitars. I'm talking about how they interacted with dealers and did that stuff. And like I said, there's some goods and bads in that. And keep in mind, whenever you try anything, I would imagine you're you're going to do something extremely right and extremely wrong. There's no way to get around that. That's the whole point of doing something that isn't roadmapped out before you. Um, so this is another not roadmapped out before you. It's making They're going to make 12 high-end British guitars. My understanding is about $3,500 to $4,000 a piece. Um, yeah, and I think, it's, I think it's a good move. Here's why. I think there are people out there that have the Chapman guitars, that love their Chapman guitars. And... You know, and what I've seen a lot of is I've seen people with basically a bunch of $3,000 guitars and a couple Chapman guitars, and they like their Chapman guitars. So it goes to reason that that customer is going to say, hey, I will do a higher-end guitar. Um, and then also, by doing those kind of dream-type guitars, you know, you know, we build these high-end amazing guitars, that legitimizes people with the mid-price guitars to say, you know, um, this company is capable of doing all kinds of price points and being successful at it. So it's really cool. And I don't think 12 guitars is a, a as an overreach or, or, or anything like that. I think that's a good amount of guitars to try to make every month. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, that's a small amount of guitars. Uh, so it's not a, it's not a ridiculous, like I said, a, a ridiculous reach. And we went into the restaurant and they told us it was going to be a few minutes to wait. And what happened was while we're waiting there, Nathan leans over and says, hey, man, that's Rabir over there sitting at the dinner table. And we look and it's it's a lot of the guys from the Chapman crew. It's Matt. It's Rabir. Uh, it was Rob uh, Scallon um, and and Rob Chapman. And, you know, we were standing there and then Rob Chapman sees us. He gets up. He comes across the restaurant. He like beelines right for us. He gives me a great big hug. And I'll show you a little picture because it's funny. And uh, here you go. And. He, uh, he says, hey, man, I love the channel. He's like, and he goes into some of the videos he liked of mine, and he uh, shook my hand, and, and he told me he was wearing his Mickey Mouse ears to be incognito. <laughs> he's, he's in, in, uh, he was being smart aleck, of course. And it was just great. It was nice to meet him, um, but it was really, uh, really amazing to have somebody just get up and come over and say hi to you. Um, when I saw him, my, my first reaction was maybe I should want to go over there and say hi to them, but they were eating. And so for him to stop his meal, get up and take some time, say hi, and then even acknowledge, you know, to even go into further to say some of the videos he liked of mine. It, it just, it was nice. It was nice to meet him, which was great, but it was also uh, a really classy move is, you know, is what I'm saying. Uh, and it inspired me. So, you know, so the next day I, I even, you know, I tried to kind of push that, that energy out to some other other YouTubers as well. Cause I thought, man, that's how it should be, I guess. So, so I learned a lesson. Let's just say I learned, uh, you know, you can be, you can be pretty, a pretty cool guy. Uh, so, all right. Uh, Richard Brubaker says, Philip, ah, says Philip and then it moves. Hold on, Richard. I'm coming right back to you, buddy. Maybe if it didn't just jump the way it did, I thought I had grabbed the comment. I have to grab them and then they jump. So as I'm killing airtime here and messing all this up, <laughs> sorry guys. And I think we're going to go to the next question because I don't see it now. So I will try to grab it in a second. Yep. Okay. So let's go to the next question. Uh, all right. So this is from Jesse. Jesse says, I heard in an interview with pedal builders on reverb channel and they talked about the comments you made on the JHS pedal. Can you clarify? Cause I'm, uh, sure that both of you have a point. Uh, I don't know because I don't know what interview with the pedal builders. Uh, 
on reverb uh they're I never saw that, so I don't know. And the comments I made about the GS pedal was easy. I reviewed a JHS pedal. So that's pretty much the easy part of it. So I'm not sure what the both sides of the point is. Um, the only argument to my review could be made is that, I don't know what the review is. They could argue that basically the parts in that pedal are more expensive than I claim they were. I don't know. Like I said in the video, the pedal is 220 bucks. I bought it. I have it. Um, you know, they charge what they they wanted to charge. I think they can make the pedal cheaper if they wanted to, but obviously it was worth the money because I bought it. So there you go. All right. Uh, uh, Terry asked a question. By the way, do you know whose booth was sh uh, closed first uh, early for sound violations? I don't. I don't know who that was. I heard that too. That the Nam came over a couple times and said, uh, you know, that the booth was too loud, and um, you know what have you. <laughs> so it was loud. It was one of the loudest Nams, man. It was. It was. It was crazy loud. So. Uh, Nick wanted to know if I got to try any of the pedals with the, and amps with the new tube technology. I did not. Like I said, I wasn't checking out any pedals at the show. It's just too loud. You can't check anything out. I'm not a booth reviewer, so I don't really go to the booths and like check that out. Last year, I did some some kind of fun games where I did these, uh, uh, you know, and I, I was thinking about doing that this year again. But to be honest with you, uh, I was so busy with like appointment meetings that I didn't even intend to have, right? I didn't set any appointments before I got there. And then when I got there, I had people come up to me and said, Hey, we'd like to talk for a few minutes about something and we would have a talk and stuff. So, um, so that's kind of what happened. I did check out a ton of gear, a lot of the gear I'm interested in. Really what I did, so you know, is I made a lot of, um, I have a lot of arrangements now to review a lot of the gear that's at NAMM. That's what I was after was anything I really thought was interesting to talk about. I really, instead of walking up to him and doing a booth review right then, I said, Hey, I'm interested in doing this review. What do we have to do to make that happen? Have you send it to me so I can review it uh, at, 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 you know, in my, in my, my home office, you know, and kind of do it that way. So there you go. So, so that I'm looking forward to that. There's a lot of product that's coming for sure. Uh, Devin wants to know, I've been looking at the supersonic 22. Uh, okay. And I, as you know, I have two of them. Is it clean enough to gig with? Uh, yeah. I mean, you can't play, you know, you won't be able to crank the, it's 22 Watts. Uh, it doesn't break up necessarily too quickly. So I, I have no problem getting the clean over a, a drum set with that amp. So an amp stand will help a lot with that amp. So Junebug said, Nam basement. I think that's a question. Like, what did I think of it? Uh, the answer is I, I was at the basement a lot. I like the basement. If you guys aren't familiar with the Nam basement, that's where all the new and exciting stuff is. I, um, And that's what I was talking about. I didn't review anything there because believe it or not, I have almost everything that I found interesting there. I have it right here in here in this room. Uh, they let me take it with me. <laughs> you know, everybody I talked to was like, I'm like, uh, I said, hey, I'd like you to send this to me and I'd like to review it or I'd like to buy it and review it, whatever the case was. They said, well, we'll, we'll, we'll do it right now. So I got it so I can review it. So I'm going to be reviewing a lot of products. Um, I don't know how I'm going to uh, do all these reviews, of these products. I, mean, I almost feel like I'm going to have to put out a video every day for about 10 to 20 days straight to get through all the product that, ha that I have access to now at this point. Plus, um, some really good, really good stuff coming. Uh, JLT SIB says, does the meeting with Rob make you want to try the guitars out or even more still going to try and be on un unbiased as possible? Well, I don't, 
think it's going to mess with me because I never, I obviously liked him before. And the idea that, you know, like you guys probably like him, you know, I like his videos and I seen him, him being nice to me sure makes me, you know, probably not want to bash on his guitars, but I don't bash on anything anyway. So, uh, so the critiques I make, uh, and so, you know, uh, actually, you know what, let me point this out talking to him. I definitely got the vibe that everything he was saying about my channel and the internet and was, I think he appreciates that the critique, you know what I mean? So I actually felt like almost honor bound that if I do a review of the Indonesian line that I need to do as honest a review as possible. I think he seems like he appreciates that. That's kind of the vibe I got. I didn't get the, you know, other, you know, anything other than that. I got that. He's pretty sincere about what he thinks about his stuff and he seems to really want to have it be better. Um, so, so I don't think it'll be a problem. Shut up. Let's talk. Did a super chat says I want to sell my Fender American deluxe for an Ibanez S or RG. Any recommendations? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I definitely to get the quality you have in the American deluxe strat, you're going to have to go with an, uh, a Japanese one. You can try a premium, uh, but I would definitely try the premium. Like I said, in the past, they've some have been great. Some are hit or miss. The Japanese ones are definitely more consistent in the, in being always quality. Um, but, uh, you know, there you go. Now, if you're trying to get the same vibe as the American Deluxe Strat, I mean, I hate to say it, you're probably gonna have to look at the AZ stuff because that's definitely vibes more like that. So, um, RG wise, I, I really like um, the uh, Prestige series because that's what I mostly have. Brian Stewart uh, says, Phil, Schecter Solo 6B with the Bigsby. Ever experienced one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I played one. Um, it was cool. Obviously, I'm a fan of the Schecter guitars because I'm a fan of the Korean manufactured instruments. So, I like what Schecter has to do. I have a Schecter behind me, as you know. I'm looking at backwards, but you get the idea. Uh, that's on Hellraiser. It's just because I wanted some of the EMGs. Um, Schecter is a brand that, to be honest with you, if I wanted to pick a brand that was more affordable to the pocketbook, but always have quality, I could have a row of Schecters behind me and be totally, totally happy. Their, their guitars just feel great to me. I have really little to no problems with any Schecter guitars I've I've worked on or put my hands on or played. Very consistent quality. In fact, one of the most consistent quality brands out there, I think, that isn't, you know, a crazy $3,000 PRS brand. So I have never enough great things to say about Schecter um, in those price points. So for whatever recommendation, like I said, and that goes for working on them and for playing them. Uh, all right, next question is, uh, Tim, I don't know the answer, but I'm going to give it to you anyways. He says, is the Joyo JW01 wireless any good? I didn't try it. I've never really, I haven't tried a wireless. I haven't played through a wireless in about five years. The last wireless I tried was some weird Bluetooth one somebody brought me. Uh, and, um, you know, I wasn't digging it. It kind of digitized the sound. So maybe that's something I should look at is wireless systems. You know what I mean? But being at home the majority of the time or playing and jamming with people in a small environment and in a very small stage, wireless is just nothing, nothing I really needed to use for. So that, and I feel kind of weird reviewing something that I don't know what to do with. So there you go. Um, you know, I, I just don't use it, but maybe not. Any guitars out of that Korean factory that are pretty good? That are pretty good. You mean like not, yeah, all of them. <laughs> the Korean factories really have been, you know, it's just like back in the day with the Japanese factories. They, you know, it's over time and the Chinese factories and the Indonesian factories are catching up too. It's just what it is, is, is Korea and whether maybe you guys don't realize this or not. The reason why people say Korean guitar factories and Japanese guitar factories are really good. One of the reasons is there's not a whole lot of either one. 
there's not a whole lot of Japanese factories. There's not a whole lot of Korean factories. The ones that are left particularly stick with doing mid-price to high-end type guitars out of those facilities. They don't do a whole lot of entry-level, low price point instruments. So it's pretty safe. Like I honestly think there's Chinese and Indonesian guitars are just as good as anything out there. But I can't blanketly say Chinese guitars are good because Chinese makes is equally, you know, some some interesting products. And interesting is a nice way to say bad, right? So I'm just being a smart aleck. Um, so what I'm saying is, is I feel more confident saying. If somebody says, I'm looking at a guitar and says made in Korea, I'm like, you're, you got a pretty good chance it's going to be a good guitar because they don't dabble a whole lot in in the slap it together and get it out the door kind of uh, kind of guitars. Uh, let's see. Fabian's uh, Tiny Workshop says, hey, Phil, did you uh, have a chance to play a Duesenberg at NAMM? Duesenberg are great guitars, man. There's, there's no question about that. I don't need to play one to know I like one at NAMM. I already played one and liked one. Um my whole thing is there, you know, it's just, it's just not on the radar right now as a guitar for me. Uh, I have friends, I've said this before. I have two friends that have them and they absolutely love them. And both these, both these particular friends, one's a master luthier and one's uh, an amp builder. And both are very guys who I value their opinions. And they, they said, once you go Duesenberg, you know, they're, they're done. That's what they both stick with pretty much. And, um, so I, I understand that. And so to me, going Duesenberg for me would mean I'd have to ditch my Gretches. And I just haven't decided to do that yet. Uh, there's only so many guitars you can own. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, you know, that's realistic of it. So to me, if you're, if I'm going to get another high-end hollow body guitar, one high-end hollow body guitar has got to go. So, and, but yeah, uh, great guitars, obviously. Uh, did you get to try the PRSSE acoustics? Uh, they resigned the line. I didn't try them. Uh, believe it or not, Nathan, who works at PRS and he's my buddy, we were standing there in the booth and he was showing them to me and we went through them. Uh, I've played the other PRS acoustics. I kind of aware of how the import acoustic market works. Um, they spec them out. They're good. You know, they're good, good quality guitars. Uh, PRS doesn't make junky stuff. Obviously they make good stuff. So, um, I'm sure if you're thinking about getting a PRS acoustic, if you're a PRS, um, if you're a PRS fan and you're looking for acoustic, I, I you won't be disappointed from what I saw and what I've experienced in the past with them. Uh, K Hours says, how many videos, NAM videos did you make this year? I made one, just like last year. Now, so last year, it looks like I made more because I did these quick, fast ones. Um, last year, I did the 10 trends uh, of, of NAM video, that one video. Then I did a bunch of scavenger hunt videos. This year year i didn't do the short little videos because i threw that stuff on instagram so all my little quick little uh under minute videos now go on instagram so every nam just like it's summer nam summer nam last year i did one video so i'm a one video kind of person i tried to make two this year that was my plan uh, but the one took up the time i'm really uh trying to do every year go to nam and try to find one thing that i think is interesting to give to everybody that it's a nice perspective or have some fun learn something like that name the name video is is meant to be fun but it's really again like the know your gear theme it's a way to say hey man i really know what i'm talking about you know when somebody says uh you know this is how you say it and they go well you know actually here's the official company saying this way wrong or right it's how they say it so so that's what i did um but i will have because of Nam, I'll have at least 20 videos coming. Uh, Steve uh, did a super chat. Uh, thanks, buddy. He says, thanks for all you do. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate that, man. That's that's awesome. Um, and Mikey Newman uh, did a super chat. He says, any update on the possible deal with Sam Ash to review gear? And that was from the last uh, uh, discussion. I talked about talking to Sammy Ash and talking about that. And 
Uh, I haven't done that yet, but that is what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask to to have access. Uh, so if you guys don't know what we're talking about, uh, Hunter, who is Agofish, a great YouTube channel if you haven't checked it out, uh, especially if you're an Epiphone guy because he's into Epiphones and LTDs and, and I mean, he's into everything, but you know he does a lot of videos on those two. And he does a deal where he goes to Samash, he buys the product and returns it, and they are aware of that for doing the videos. And I'm going to look into the same kind of deal for that so I can access anything you guys are interested in. However, there's a, there's something, a couple things happen in the NAMM show that's important for me to, uh, to explain to everybody. Uh, one, the fact that S Stuart McDonald, Stu Mac, came to me and said, we want to work with you in helping you produce, you know, not produce, but, you know, I mean, make videos. What can we do to help? How can we assist you? We want to help uh, your audience, you know, learn more about repairing guitars. Um that was big. So that means I'm going to have to focus now on that a little bit more, which is great because that's what you guys seem to really like those, those type of videos too. The other thing that happened was that happened in NAM was, uh, I, I had a Patreon goal and I said, if I ever hit the Patreon goal, I would start adding in factory videos. And so I hit the Patreon goal. So I'm now obligated to do these other videos now that will be coming about factories and shops. So believe it or not, uh, since I was at the NAM show when that happened, I had to line up those arrangements. So You'll be seeing very shortly, I mean, very, very shortly, a lot of videos where I'm going to shops, uh, uh, repair, sh uh, not, not repair shops, uh, you know, custom shops, uh, factories, and doing some videos, not a walkthrough tour. I'm not going to do that. You're not going to see a video where I just walk through with the, and, and record the two tour guides saying. I was very clear with these companies. I'm like, this is what I'm interested in doing. I want to show everyone some interesting things, I think, about guitar building nowadays and some interesting things. And so everybody was on board. In fact, I think the first factory tour uh, might be as soon as a week to two weeks from now. For sure and i think you guys will be pleasantly excited to see who it is and what it is because it's kind of kind of cool thing going on so uh so there's that stuff too so uh that's gonna you know take up some time uh okay oh good question don don's got a question what was the most and least attractive new guitar you saw hmm so the most attractive guitar the most interesting guitar i saw was the toast and a bossy guitar because it just i've seen it before but i'm you know it just was cool seeing it um if you guys weren't paying attention to the new toast and a bossy bass guitar it is mind-blowing to have frank falbo explain it to me and nathan uh and it was it wasn't even finished we um i don't know if you guys caught that let me show you i'm gonna show you a picture tell you a funny story uh about nam that happened to us so thursday me and nathan walked the entire nam as you would and uh we worked our butt off <laughs> right and uh doing videos and we were leaving the show at six o'clock i'm going to share with you right now so you guys can see what we're talking about and i saw frank falbo if you guys don't know who frank falbo is let me explain it to you this way that's not frank falbo that's my buddy nathan so uh so that's my buddy nathan again okay so we saw frank falbo and his friend and frank uh used to run our work for seymour duncan and he's also in the r d team at fishman he helped design the fishman fluence pickups he makes amazing falbo guitars and he is now the builder of the toast and a bossy guitars so i saw frank it was uh, obviously the end of thursday nam the first day and he was carrying boxes and heavy stuff and they were carrying them across the entire showroom and long story short, we said, you know, he was trying to build his booth. So we helped him. So me and Nathan spent about two, three hours helping him move all his stuff and helped him build the booth, which was a little tiring after a long day of walking around the NAM. But, you know, we, we decided to do it. What he decided, what he did for us, besides give us some cool t-shirts and stuff, is he showed us, you can see this one's not even, uh, 
this one's not even finished, right? No even bridge on it. He had guitars there. Uh, this is the boxes and stuff, and these are the boards and stuff we were carrying. Um, hey, that's my buddy Jay. Uh, but uh, anyways, uh, uh, so uh, we got to play some prototype stuff is what I'm trying to get at. And the cool part of that was one of the guitars that we played, the prototype, was the new bass, which was amazing, and it wasn't even done. It didn't even have a nut cut yet. And um, what's, what's cool about that was... Um, the next day when we came on Friday, it was finished. <laughs> so he finished it. Um, so it was really cool. It was a great experience. Um, and it, it paid that, that, uh, what is it? The good karma paid itself in, in, in uh, because when later when we were doing the, uh, the, uh, how do you say video, uh, Tosin Abasi was doing like a, a, he was doing a demonstration of his new products. And we asked Frank if he would do the official, how do you say Abasi? And they stopped the like clinic. And he came over and did that video for us. So those guys were super great, super awesome. And uh, and so uh, so that was a, one of the really coolest guitars I saw at the show. Um, one of the most least attractive guitars, like weird guitars I saw at the show. Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You know, nothing's really sticking out. You see some weird stuff at the show over here. You know, to be honest with you, uh, whatever I pick, it's going to be some crazy weird import chinese guitar downstairs that's uh you know there's always some kind of knockoff guitar that looks pretty cheesy because they didn't get it right so so that was probably the ones i didn't love as much uh uh bill we already uh bill says uh marshall origin series or new dsl series i'm i'm for both i want one of each i want the uh, the origin 20 watt head and i'm deciding right now if i'm gonna get the dsl 20 watt or one watt head uh, if you guys have suggestions, I'll probably buy it right after we uh, we do the video because I'm going to try and get it and review it. Um, I really want to get one. Uh, I had the DSL one watt head when they were $800. I sold mine for two reasons. It was $800 and I felt like that was a lot of money to pay for one watt amp and it didn't have reverb. The new one's $300 and it has reverb. So there you go. Um, uh, MB215 says, uh, Phil, what's the black super strat looking guitar behind you? It's a Ibanez RG7. 20 it's a seven string ibanez rg uh it's from the 90s okay this is an interesting super chat i got it's what are the what are the three must-have pedals for bass player um you know that's that's a for me it's going to be a compressor pedal i have to have compression because i do a lot of slapping uh i like envelope filter uh you know for funk but also because you get some interesting cool sounds um a lot of bass players like chorus i'm not big on the chorus uh so to me it would probably be you know what I really like for bass, and it's probably a horrible uh, recommendation, but I do like it, is instead of a fuzz pedal for bass, I really like a crappy guitar pedal or a crappy fuzz pedal for guitar. Sometimes with a bass, it's just it's nice to run a clean line and the distorted line of the bass and get a good tone. But for some reason, I've always found it really like the to mix it into a really bad guitar pedal. So, um, so sometimes some of those pawn shop special cheap guitar pedals with fuzz or distortion for your bass is really cool. But uh, but for me, if I was going to pick three bass pedals for for me, it would definitely be uh, the envelope filter, uh, probably DoD, or I use the uh, Qtron or the Qtron Mini. I have all three of those; they're really good. Compressor, um, and I don't really use an EQ pedal because my amp has tons of that. I don't use chorus or reverb, a flanger. Um, I do have a preamp pedal, so I will sometimes use a bass, use a preamp pedal, and uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. Maybe a phaser pedal sometimes on bass. I mean, there's just not... To me, it's like you just need two good pedals for bass. 
Bobby says, hey, thinking of selling my Blackstar HD1 to get the Marshall DSA1. Thought, uh, what's your thought, Phil? I don't know yet. I I have to I have to try the new DSL1. I just don't know how good it sounds. You know, there was no way to hear that stuff at the show. So I'm like you guys. I watched the Anderton's video, and then I saw it at the show. Um, you guys are better off not being at the show. The Anderton's videos and all that stuff are way going to be clearer than what you can hear on the show. I mean, it, you know, you're, everybody's like, you can't tell through YouTube. Well, you can't tell... It's like, it's like, you know what it's like? It's like being at a rock concert. It's like actually being at the back row of a rock concert and somebody trying to demo you a guitar and amp. That's what it's like. Except for the band that's playing, every single person in the band is not playing anything the same the other person's playing. <laughs> so, so imagine that. It's just this chaos happening. So, and I personally think over, over time, over hours, I think your ear just gets fatigued. Even though I wear ear filters, it just gets fatigued. Uh, the question next was, Chris, was, did you try the Katana Air? I didn't, but I kind of figured that's what's going to happen is the Katana amps. I talked to the bo boss, uh, uh, marketing R&D guy, marketing guy, and he's like, hey, let us know what you're interested in doing a review of. And I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll get some stuff uh, loaned out to me. Uh, Truth says he just ordered the Marshall DSL-20 uh what head today yeah man good for you 500 bucks i don't see how you can go wrong um you know the it's it's a big improvement from last year's model it seems cool 500 bucks seems like a legitimate thing obviously to me there was there was for me here's what excited me at the show uh and this isn't really a question anybody asked but uh uh i liked the new i don't know what it's called but i like the new supro mini head they had a mini head uh, uh there at the show with reaver built into it I really like that amp. I'm really interested in that. That might be the amp I get next uh, from Supro. Uh, the Marshall DSL series. Um, the um, other Marshall series, there wasn't really anything to try, so I don't know. I definitely want the 20 watt though. Uh, and then I really liked, obviously, the Tremonti amp. That's a thing. My big issue though for me is I have the Archon 25 watt combo, so I don't have to sell that to get the Tremonti, but the Tremonti is not coming out until April anyways. So, you know, that's something to think about. And, um, so those are the amps I, that really excited me um, the the most. Uh, so if that helps. All right. Next question that came in. All right. Oh, so many questions. There are 821 of us. Appreciate you guys hanging out with me today. Like I said, I'm talking about gear. Uh, uh, Matt says, I bought the used GNL Tribute ASA ASAT. I'll send you the review, uh, for the Sharp My Axe. Oh, okay. Uh, I, you know, GNL was at the show. That was another exciting thing. GNL was at the show for the first time in four years. And the one thing I thought that they did that was really exciting was GNL now has a custom shop to build custom GNLs, just like the Fender Master Build Shop. They have a master luthier to build you a custom GNL starting at $2,100. So you guys put that in perspective. You can't even buy a, a team-built Fender for $2,100. Now, uh, so to give you an idea, that's really exciting, I think. So that's another thing. I'll, I'll tell you the guitars I was excited about the show for, for the, for since I told you the amps. I was excited about the GNL, especially the, the Master Bell guitars. I was excited about the uh, the Atosin Abasi guitar. I was excited about the new American-made, uh, 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 the American-made, uh, Strandberg guitars. So Strandberg used to be made by Strictly 7, something that we talked about a few weeks ago, and then it was made by Washburn. Obviously, Washburn shut down their USA shop, and now they are being built by the Fano guys. So uh, I really like the Fano guys. Really like 
the the quality of that stuff really gonna really interesting to see how the scrambers really excited about kiesel guitars i was able to check out all the kiesel guitars um and now for some reason i've fixated on a vader uh for a guitar um, I think it's because I got a lot of traveling coming up this year. So I was thinking, man, that'd be a great guitar to just drag with me wherever I go. Right now, currently, I drag my frame is wherever I go. And um, it's, it's getting a little abused because <laughs> I'm really, I mean, I literally drag guitar the guitar around. But if I play the guitar, I just drag it around. Uh, Hilly Trump says, thoughts on Jared's signature 18 string guitar? It was crazy. It was so nice. I, I, again, we went to Ormsby Guitars and Perry was nice enough to do the How Do You Say video. And then Perry said, you know what you should do before you leave? Jared's here. You should do How Do You Say Gent. Uh, I'm sorry, Duh Gent. And uh, according to Jared. And which was really great because when I walked over to Jared, he had done a video and he said eight YouTubers that you should watch. And I was one of them. So obviously when I walked up to him, I wasn't too intimidated because I knew he at least knew who I was because he did a video shout, a shout out for to me. Uh, and uh, so I got to see the guitar. The top of that guitar, I don't know if you guys know, it's a, it's a layer of stone. So it's not a it's not a fake finish. That's not wood. That's a piece of stone on the top. Uh, the guitar is crazy. Uh, obviously for all the reasons you can imagine, um, it's more of those, one of those, um, one of those guitars that you're just like, it's, can we build it? That's what it is. It's, it's, it's going to the moon. It's just cause they can, uh, Ormsby wanted to prove that he could do something incredible and crazy for no other reason, just to say that they did it and they did it. So there you go. Uh, Terry's, uh, G and G says, did you get a chance to check out the new Nita's, uh, Nina? Neat. It says Nita. It was Nita. Nita Strauss uh, signature Ibanez. Yes, man. It was beautiful. In fact, here, let me show you. Um, it was the very first guitar I ever checked out at the show. Uh, it was, uh, let me show you real quick. Yeah, I took a picture of it. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, here you go. Share it is. Here's a picture I took. Uh, yes. Uh, being an original Sabre fan, which now they're called the S-Series, uh, I love the natural finish with the black. I love that two-tone burst. I love this, like, I don't know if that's a heartbeat, you know, kind of thing. I don't know what that is. Uh, somebody probably knows better than me, but I, I, I love that, that, that great kind of, um, cut into the fretboard, you know, kind of inlay. Uh, I like the guitar all the way around. I, I like her. I like her playing. I like the guitar. It's cool. If I, I can tell you right now, you know, it's definitely would be on my wish list if, uh, if I already didn't have some other guitars ahead of it. So for sure. So, uh, if, uh, but yes, absolutely loved it. And I'm glad, man, I'm glad, uh, that they, uh, gave her a guitar finally. Cause I, I think she's, I think personally I've met personally in the last year or two, I've met at least a dozen, two dozen people who have bought a, uh, Saber S style guitar because of Nita Strauss. And so it's great that a company recognizes that, Hey man, she's out there. She's a, she's a true player and she's really selling some guitars. So let's give her her own model. Um, Okay, uh, G J L T S I B. Oh, hold on a second. I'm gonna come back to you a second. Uh, uh, Valdemir Balza says, "What are your thoughts about the new Greg Cox signature amp? The tones are hot from the demos. Super versatile, but probably expensive though." Yeah, you know what? Uh, it it it's it's one of those amps. Like, I'm glad they gave him an amp. The guy's got an ear like you can't believe. Greg Cox can play, but he's also got a tremendous ear for tone. I was lucky enough to see Greg Cox play with. Uh, an onslaught of amazing Fender clinician guitar players, you know, G E Smith and, uh, and uh, Reggie, Reggie Hamilton on bass and um, John five. Uh, and 
And, you know, Greg's is one of those guys that, man, when he plays, it's, it's, it's a tremendous playing, obviously expert playing, but his crazy tones that he pulls out of his head are, are fantastic. So that amp looks really cool. Um, again, it's one of those things. If I didn't have other amps, I just really seemed to want before I got to that amp, it would be on the wish list. Although I haven't seen the price tag either. So, and I would imagine it's not going to be cheap, but who knows? Maybe I'll get lucky. And I'll get to review it. Maybe I can try to review that amp. Um, JLT SMB says, I gotta say, I'm super excited about the MT 15. That's the new Tremonti 15 watt head from PRS is, uh, if there's two, if there's a tube amp, I want expect that will be the one that's not even because of Tremonti either. Uh, I'm not a huge Alter bridge fan. Yeah. Here's the deal. A lot of people love the, the, uh, the Archon, the idea that they made a 15 watt Archon is great. The idea that Tremonti, they use Tremonti to help design even a better one is even better. And the fact that they put the price point very re realistic. That amp is, um, I was telling the patrons yesterday in the live hangout, that amp now with a super great clean channel and a great uh, dirty channel for the sub $700 price point is going to make it a real contender and hard to fight for for amps like the Runt 20 and amps that are that are over the $1,000 price point. Um, the So it's going to be interesting to see. I, I would imagine they're going to hit that one out of the ballpark because of the fact that it's, it's so... It's a, it's an affordable priced amp for what it is. I just don't know where it's built. The, I haven't heard. I didn't look on the back if it's a USA amp or it's a main China. Either way, uh, the price point is fair, no matter which one they make. It's just it'd be interesting if it's made in the USA for that price point. Okay. Um, next question, and we're getting towards the end, but I want to try to see if we can hit any more Oh, somebody's saying China on the head. Yeah, not shocked at all, like I said, at that price point. Uh, just like all the orange amps and everything, that's where that stuff's made, and that price point is reflective of those kind of products. So it, it would be shocking to see if they were making it in the USA for that price point. All right. And I'm just skipping across, guys. Uh, Jeff asked me if I would review the new Hot Rod series. Uh, it's not likely. I don't have any arrangements with Fender to get product from them. And uh, so I don't plan to buy the new Hot Rod series. Um, but you never know. It could kind of work out. Maybe that's that deal I can do with Sam Ash where I can get one of those and get get to check it out. Maybe that'd be a good amp to check out since it's really one of my favorite amps, the Hot Rod Deluxe. Um, something else that happened interesting at the show, after the show, not at the show, after the show, uh, believe it or not, I've talked to a bunch of other people who do YouTube reviews like me and a couple of them have said they, they had the same experience as me and some haven't, but yet, but so, you know, Gibson has reached out to me to see if I was interested in doing some videos. I don't know what that means, but I responded with that. I am interested to talk to him. And because I think you guys are interested to see what Gibson's up to. Um, and more importantly, I was really curious because uh, given the fact that they skipped the NAM, sh NAM show and now they're reaching out to some YouTubers, uh, maybe that's Gibson trying to reach the community and talk to them. So that was really exciting because I think Gibson's are, are really good guitars. We all love them. And, um, and there, there's no doubt about that, that they, they're guitars that we've all coveted and wanted for years. And I think deep down, I think the idea that they, uh, want to do something is a good sign. Does that make sense? Um, so I hope you guys are excited about that too. Um, but also let me know in the comments, do you, you know, uh, I'm sure some people are going to say, don't, you know, you know, kind of don't give them a second chance. You know, everybody's like, say, get rid of them. But, uh, and some people are going to say for it, but I just want you guys to know how I really feel. How I feel is, um, 
I love the idea that iconic companies are going to try and be part of the community. You know what I mean? I think part of the reason the Gibsons had troubles is they haven't really, really try to be part of the, the new online presence of the community. And that's where we all are, man. We're not in guitar magazines anymore and talking, you know, uh, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, we get to talk via the internet. Okay. Um, Uh, let's see. Chris says, well, we all don't love them. <laughs> There's some curmudgeonous curmudgeons in here. Hello. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Yes. When I say we all love them, I mean by sales. I mean, definitely the, they're one of the biggest selling guitar companies in the world. So there is, there's something to say about that. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's gonna be sky asked me if i went to in and out burger no man i went that's where i, I was at red robin that's where i saw rob chapman and uh Rabir and uh, uh rob scallon uh so yeah so we hit that place instead And see, here's a question, and I, I don't want to beat this, you know, kind of like, you know, beat this subject to death, but Bellin says, Gibson guitars are not great value for the money, and the quality control is awful. Now, here's where I disagree and agree with you. So I'm going to just let you know, Bell. I 100% disagree that they're not a great value for the money. Uh, the truth is that Gibson resale value is really strong. And if you're going to, if, if you're going to buy a guitar for the long haul to have it, uh, value for dollar they're hard to beat. And if you're even saying on the high end, a $2,500, a $2,500 or $3,500 Gibson Les Paul holds its value better than almost any other high end guitar out there. So that's, that's, so it's not hard to, so I've never really questioned that argument with them. In fact, if you look back at all these QAs and they're all, as you know, timestamps. So anything I say can be double checked and rechecked and I've done 51 of them now. So, you know, it's, it's hard not to, to, uh, basically contradict myself, but I stay pretty honest with what I feel. I've said it over and over again. I think PRS makes a better guitar than Gibson, but I think Gibson guitars hold value better than PRS's. And I really believe that hundred percent in my, and I've said that a thousand times. Now your second part of your comment, which is that the quality, you know, quality control is awful. Maybe I agree with you there. That's where I, I that's where I've hit Gibson in the past with, you know, Hey, there's some stuff that gets out and you're like, man, for high end guitars, you'd think they'd be able to capture this. But what's interesting about that is, is, I think, and this is my opinion for what it's worth. And if that ruins them, the opportunity to work with Gibson in the future, if they see this, I, I, I guess it just does, but I just want to say this. I feel their unwillingness to want to interact with the community at large is why I think they don't know that there's a quality control problem. It's hard to know you're not doing something right. If you ever never talked to your customer, there's a vibe I've always had from Gibson that they don't really talk to the customer. And I mean the customer being their dealers and I mean their customers, right? And so, uh, so when somebody emails me from Gibson and says, Hey, we're trying to reach out to, to you as a YouTuber and talk to you. Well, I guys, I hope you really uh, understand where I'm coming from on this. I'm not here to all of a sudden say Gibson's great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, you guys know, I'm not going to take any money from them. I don't do money for, for, for videos. Um, and so that's not what my goal is here, but my goal really is to say, Hey man, if I could have an open conversation with the guys at Gibson and have some of the people who out there who love Gibson, be able to voice their concerns with Gibson to improve the guitar company. That is the best, 
best thing we could ever hope for. Um, you know, we've talked about on this channel that, you know, the future for them might be that they close and somebody buys them and then maybe fixes those problems. I think the idea that they fix the problems themselves, it would be even a better idea. And, um, and also I'm always open to the idea that we all could be wrong and they could explain to us why their quality assurance is, is great. Again, you know, I'm not here to, to say anything. That's why I, I mentioned to them. So, you know, as well, I would really be interested in doing, uh, having somebody from Gibson on the live show and talk to you guys and, and be respectful and have a good time and, and talk about guitars and maybe hear, hear the community good and bad. Also, I told him I was interested in going to the factory and again, not doing a factory tour, but you know, asking them some questions, maybe questions you guys have things you're concerned about things you're interested in and maybe see if this community can, can talk to Gibson and see if there's a, a way to, to keep this amazing powerhouse company uh, and keep their stature the way they were. So all that stuff being said, I'm hopeful for it. We'll see what happens. I, I like to be optimistic about these kind of things. I'm optimistic just the fact that they reached out to me. Um, I never thought in a million years that Gibson would even think to talk to a, to my channel, much less, you know, be, be open to the idea. Okay. So Michael shy says, thanks for the amazing super chat. Thank you. Well, you did the super chat. <laughs> so thank you, Michael. Uh, 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 but I think Michael's talking about, are you talking about yesterday? The yesterday's, I thank you, Michael, for joining, you know, and hanging out for the super chat yesterday or the, the hangout. Um, now see, here's a good question. Again, I don't want to beat this. To, but this is the last one and we're done for this subject. Uh, Joe says, Henry is the problem with Gibson. And here's what's interesting. We don't know that though. What if Henry doesn't even know? We don't know. Again, I, I agree with you because that's what I kind of vibe, but who knows? Uh, if I told you, and I'm not saying we, this is true. I'm just saying, if I told you that there's a new person out there and their job was to go out there and talk to the community and figure out how to, how to improve the guitar company. And that was Henry's decision. Then there you go. We don't know. That's the case. It could be the opposite. This person could be communicating with us YouTubers and not, the main company, not even know. Again, I know nothing. In fact, it was probably too soon to even tell you guys. Although I was excited to hear that Gibson was even worth, uh, oh, th considering, asking YouTubers if they're interested in doing something. And again, they didn't ask me to flat out just say, hey, we want to send you a guitar and review it. They were like, they want to interact with channels. I think that's the most optimistic thing I've heard all year. It's exciting, I think. So, and if I if we can try and do that, that's great. Because ultimately I can tell you where I am officially at with internally. At the way the vibe of Gibson has been for the last year and the, the way it feels, I, I kind of slowly been falling out of love with my Gibson guitars that I currently have and kind of pushing them away. And I hate to say it. It's not because of the way they sound. It's just because, you know, you lose that, that excitement about the company when there's nobody behind it. You know what I mean? Uh, there's not a face to say, Hey, this is what the company's about. So again, like I said, I'm kind of beating that subject together. I just want to talk about the exciting part, which was, um, we'll see what happens. Uh, anything else before we go? So, um, I'm just looking at last ones. I want to do any kind of last questions before we go because it was a really good hangout. Thank you guys. Over 800 people hanging out. I really appreciate you guys giving me some great questions, having some good content. Uh, I'd like to re reiterate one more time before I go. These uh, live shows will be timestamped by the end of the weekend so that if you're curious about any of the questions we talked about, you'll be able to see that. Also, they're also uploaded on SoundCloud and on iTunes as a podcast so you can listen to these questions on the way to work or at work if you're curious about anything we talked about. Uh, and that's what we'll do every week from now on. And then the last uh, thing I want to re remind everybody uh, is 
that also the Sharp Max videos will continue, and there'll be some cool video content coming very soon that I think you guys will be happy about. And then, so I'll hit a couple more last questions. One is from Indrid. Sure, why not? Cold. Uh, it says, Phil, your thoughts on the Reverend guitars uh, and the rail hammer pickups. Uh, I like Reverend guitars very much. Uh, the uh, uh, I just did a video explaining that I, uh, how, I, how I respect their business model. Uh, that was the nine companies that no longer make the high-end guitars. In, in other words, making expensive uh, guitars. They focus on the mid-price point guitars. Uh, although Reverend guitars are not inexpensive, they are not crazy $3,000 guitars. And I kind of appreciate that they went with the Hey, we're going to make good stuff and we're not going to make student grade stuff. And we're not going to make this crazy stuff that, you know, most of us can't afford. Uh, they make this great quality stuff that you can really appreciate. Um, Reverend is definitely a guitar that, um, I've thought about buying many times over. So why? I don't know. Mostly again, some of the reasons I don't have guitars is because obviously there's only so many guitars you can have, but also I don't have any dealers for that stuff near me. There's nowhere to try a, a Reverend guitar. They were at the show this year. I saw a couple of them. Um, but I can't buy the ones at the show. So if I pick up a guitar and fall in love with it, I really don't want to order one and, ho and, and hope that it plays like the one I played. So. All right. Uh, and then I think that's it. There's really no more questions, which is great. You guys are just... Any... Any last questions? You know what? Before I go, any last questions about uh, Nam? Anything that anyone saw at Nam since I was there for all four days? Um, <laughs> Brian says, "Phil, you didn't buy a guitar. You were must have not have been here earlier, Brian. I did buy a guitar there, and so you know when this all the, the the Nam dust settles, I'll probably end up with two or three guitars when I'm done from the show. Um, so I bought one there physically. I mean, I physically bought it. I paid for it already. I'm just waiting for it." And, uh, and there's one or two others that I'm working on right now to get. So. All right. You guys. Yeah. You know what? Jesse has a good question. Uh, the new St. Vincent with the dual humbuckers. I thought was great. Uh, I, I thought it was cool. I love the idea, uh, behind it. Obviously I'm a dual humbucker guy. I thought that was cool. Obviously, I like my St. Vincent guitar. So, all right. On that note, I'm going to let you guys go. So, uh, I appreciate you guys had the questions today. I think we did a good show. I I'm happy with it. And uh, like I said, I'll uh, do the timestamp so you guys have that and look for it on the podcast as well. We'll be doing this every Friday at 3 o'clock. So you guys can join me if you want to do the live or watch the rebroadcast. I appreciate that as well. And uh, until next time, I, I want to say thank you and know your gear.